I am from South Texas, Corpus Christi, and uh, kind of funny because I was just talking about this. My first concert was actually Rush and UFO. I was about 12 or 13. Um, I was a big, big Kiss fan as early as about, oh, probably 1975, about 10 years old, you know? And just prior to that, uh, I was very, very young. The, the babysitter turned me on to Elton John. And Elton John blew my mind. Uh, the babysitter didn't blow my mind. The, the, the Elton John records that she played for me uh, freaked me out uh, in a good way. I started for birthdays and Christmas. I would get Elton stuff all the time. Uh, I had a stack. Um, I don't know why I was attracted to it other than later on figuring out that I think Elton was one of those guys kind of like Alice Cooper who could write a song that was kind of dark and weird but also had songs that were emotionally valuable in the way that they could kind of be balladeering and make you cry or have you know emotional responses as well as you know all of the darkness that Alice brought and I got into Alice right after uh, Elton and then I got into Kiss and Kiss kind of like shattered every previous love that I had because it seemed like guys in Kiss were having all the fun right so after a few years of that a couple years of that um, you know I started listening to Judas Priest and ACDC and Rush and UFO and Thin Lizzy and all of these bands that were uh, a lot of those bands would actually start their tours in the 70s they would start their tours in like Laredo and San Antonio and Corpus Christi and then they kind of spoke up you know they'd work their way you know and so a lot of that was happening um, uh, I got my first bass guitar uh, I, for some reason I wanted to play bass I blame it on Gene Simmons um, got my first bass when I was 12 and didn't have an amp uh, but just playing in the mirror you know faking it for a while uh, eventually got an amp and would put the records on and just didn't know how to tune it but I would just tune find a string that was close enough to the note I was hearing through the speakers and find the right note on the bass and just go and eventually it was literally every day running home from school to my base and flipping the records until I could I could play every song on the record it was self-taught just boom 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 every record I had and I had three brothers so I would when they were gone I'd go steal their record collection bring it in and try to jam along with their records and they had stuff ZZ Top, Moxie, you know, 70s classic rock now that actually still plays around. That's kind of cool. Uh, the Gods, if you remember The Gods, uh, Humble Pie, um, Nazareth, all the good shit. And um, here was this young guy trying to play along with it and figuring some of it out. Uh, by, uh, by 13, I was in my first band, 14 maybe, and I was with some older guys and uh, was eventually kicked out because I, I think they thought I was cramping their style because we play like keg parties or some shit 
and they were here I am 14 15 years old and they're 17 18 19 and they're trying to get chicks and I'm trying to just play rock and roll man we're we gonna play some more let's go let's play it again let's go let's play let's play you know and their agenda is different than mine I blame it on the age difference and I believe that I just was cramping their style a little bit so that hurt me you know it was like oh man because I just wanted I was hooked right so 17 years old had some bands after that but 17 went moved to Austin and uh, started a band called Fallen Angel still friends with some of those guys guitar player recently passed away but um, playing covers you know not really writing anything I had a couple of originals that were really bad and um, I had very little choir experience. You know, I wasn't I wasn't a singer yet, and um, we were auditioning singers. I remember in this band, Fallen Angel. It was we were we were pretty terrible. But anyway, Judas Priest covers, Rush, and all the shit I just mentioned, Hendrix, whatever, and uh, and we'd invite people over to say, Hey, you sing? Yeah, man, I'm a singer. And they'd come and they'd just blow it, right? And me and the drummer looking at each other, going just behind their back while they're singing this guy calls himself a singer God, we're, we're not even singers and we're better than this guy so eventually we took over six months later both of us were fronting our own bands and the band that I ended up in was a band called Watchtower who <clears throat> later on a few years into that that was probably 82 uh, and that band recently still together they just put out a record but uh that band, band is arguably a pioneer of what would be called progressive metal or something. Like Mike Portnoy was a big fan. And while they were called Majesty pre-Dream Theater at Berkeley, wrote me fan letters. So kind of strange, weird thing there. And now it's like, look what happened to us. And you know, it's pretty cool that way. Um, and uh, Watchtower kind of cut. I cut my teeth as a singer in Watchtower, and the music is so different. It's 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 barely rock and roll, Mark. It's like jazzed time, but loud, and it sounds like it sounds like a Rush album, really loud and fast, falling down the stairs in time. You know, just psycho metal. And I was singing really high. I was like Getty Lee, angry. You know, just really high and. Some people would call it screaming, but anyway, I learned how to do that before I learned how to have any melody, you know. And there was melody in that stuff, but it was very busy. Um, did that for a long time, till well, till the end of 87, I had met, you know, this rock band called Onyx. Had a girl singer, she called herself Onyx. And that band is basically Dangerous Toys with her singing. So, they got rid of her somehow. She moves on. Um, they call me because they knew me from Watchtower. They said, uh, "Why don't you just come in and fill in for a while till we find a permanent?" You know, and I'm like, "That sounds like a lot of fun." And I'd seen them, and they were kind of doing. A, they were they were very glammy compared to Watchtower stuff, which was a little more metal. The common denominator was colorful spandex. Uh, insert laugh track. Um, so I was in both bands for a little while 
about six months later, someone had come down to, to like the second ever South by Southwest music conference down in Austin that everybody in the world knows about now. And uh, saw the new, saw this band Dangerous Toys, which is just Onyx, this band Onyx with me, who was still kind of fresh. And someone had been down to Austin to see the very first South by Southwest and seen Onyx play. And had come back, and that would have been 87, came back in 88 and saw, this is, you know, went and saw Onyx play. This uh, it was Celine Armbeck from SBK Songs, who got us the deal with CBS, Columbia. She goes down to see Onyx in, in 80, 87, 88, and says, something's wrong with this. And someone's overhearing her, this is not the same band, that's the same singer, but where's the band? What happened? What happened? Something's different. And they go, oh, you're talking about the toys. And she's like, what, what, are, you, what are you saying, the toys? Yeah, yeah, dangerous toys, come on. They got a cab and they went to the club we were playing at. It's like 15 people, it's a Sunday night, it's like, you know, South By used to only be like a two-day, three-day weekend. It was only music. It was wasn't a trade show for, you know, there was no internet. So that's kind of how Dangerous Toys kind of came about. Is, you know, I started playing covers with these guys. Eventually, started writing a few things. There was a uh, manager, Tim Heine, had a friend of mine had sent a cassette tape of Watchtower on one side and Dangerous Toys on the other, some demo stuff. And uh, we had gotten that call right around the same time that Celine from SBK was down seeing us South by courting us. And so we hooked them both up and the rest is kind of history as far as that went. It's kind of very strange how fast it happened for the toys, but no regrets. And eventually, of course, I had to leave Watchtower and kind of owed them a little bit of money. So the first check was like, you know, part of it was, oh, here, pay those guys off, you know. Soprano style kind of thing or something. But uh, I love rock and roll. I still play bass. I've been teaching at the School of Rock for 12 years. And everything's great.